This is Stories from the Stands. What's up guys, it's Carolyn, back for another edition of Stories from the Stands. Just want to give a quick shout out again, a thank you to everyone who's been rating, reviewing, subscribing, sharing the show, giving feedback. It's been awesome to have that going on. Alright, so this is an episode that was really fun to talk about. I have Michael Rizzo on, he's a good friend of mine, and we are going to be talking about that 2005 Fighting Illini team. So, get ready to relive some great March Madness memories, and let's go. One possession game, the Illini showing the heart of a champion. Welcome on to another edition of Stories from the Stands. Carolyn, as your host... Uh, today with me, I have on Michael Rizzo from Stadium, another coworker of mine. I'm just getting all my coworkers to do this, so yeah, that's really what's happening. Um, Rizzo, welcome on. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to talk to you because we haven't really talked since quarantine. So I know, is... I know, I miss hanging out in the office, but it's for the best right now. So we got to uh, find ways to keep in touch like this. I know. All right. Well, cool. Uh, One of the things we were talking about before we hopped on was like trying to figure out what we want to talk about. And then you were like, yo, you remember that 2005 Fighting Illini team that was really good? And I was like, barely, but go on. And uh, here we are. We're going to talk about the 2005 Fighting Illini. Yes, that was uh, my favorite college basketball team of all time without a doubt and it's uh to this mostly because of that team I am still a U of I college basketball fan and that's it's not the you know most outlandish thing because I am indeed from Illinois you know suburbs of Chicago but I did go to Mizzou as you know and a lot of times when people go to a big college that's known for its sports they will become a fan of that school's athletics. And especially in the case of Mizzou versus U of I, because they the bragging rights game every single year, usually in St. Louis. And it's kind of a mini rivalry for two teams that, to my knowledge, have never really been in the same conference. So when I was at Mizzou and the bragging rights game would come around, oh, me and all my friends, we would try and go and I would be rooting for U of I and they didn't really understand why. And it it really all circles back to uh, that that awesome team that that fell one game short of uh, winning it all. Uh, yeah, I so I will admit college basketball is definitely something I I don't really have an allegiance to any specific team. I just like watching college basketball, uh, and obviously March Madness in the office is always a ton of fun. So you get really into it, and everyone gets really excited. And I know Loyola had that great run a couple of years ago, and that got everyone stoked. So I don't really have much of a team. And uh, at this point in my life, in 05, I was not super aware of things going on. But I do remember my brother watching these games because my brother is a big basketball fan. So I do remember a little bit of that, but not as much as you. So I'm excited to hear you know, your memories surrounding this team. Yes, yes. And before we get into it, we can. You do have an allegiance to a very great NAIA college basketball program. Your uh, Olivet Nazarene. I know the the women's team there is pretty 
well known for doing their five in five out <laughs> line changes and shooting threes the entire game. That was a, uh, when I went on a recruiting visit there, I remember that was a, uh, uh, one of the talking points that we talked about a lot. Yeah, literally the only good thing that, well, no, I, I won't say all of it isn't bad at sports because our, our, our swimming and diving team is actually pretty good, but uh, our men's basketball team is pretty average. Our girls' basketball team is pretty good. And yeah, like you said, they do that five in, five out. They just constantly rotate like a hockey team and then just like running, gun and shoot threes. It's pretty entertaining to watch, actually. All right. So let's like start from the beginning what's your first memory of this team it could be from the regular season or it could be from the tournament what is your very first memory of paying attention to this team yeah so this team it was it started off very special um they they had just the roster was like ridiculous they had darren williams they had D Brown, who D Brown is to this day my favorite college basketball player of all time, and Luther Head, which was their three guards. And these guards, all three of them went on to play in the NBA. All three of them were great. And they, uh, it was like junior, junior, and Luther Head was a senior. And the thing that made them so good was that all of them could shoot, all of them played defense. And then you kind of had this this clutch gene that each of them had that would come out, you know, each game, it seemed like a different person was stepping up and it started off, uh, you know, they were two and oh, three and oh, four and oh, and then they went and played, uh, number one, wake forest. This is Chris Paul's wake forest team, the point guard that, as we all know, is still playing today. And they just took it to them in the ACC big 10 challenge and I think they almost beat him by 20. And that was kind of like when everyone was like, okay, we need to start paying attention to this Illinois basketball team. Well, the season goes on. They make it all the way to conference play. They still haven't lost. They're 15-0. and They're 20-0. and They're just beating everybody. They're beating them handily, you know, occasional close game here or there. And finally, they're 29-0. and undefeated in conference play, undefeated, you know, everything, ranked number one in the country. And uh, they're playing in their final regular season game of the year against Ohio State. And they go to Ohio State and they just play like crap. They're, they're not into it. You know, it's like they were playing down to their competition. And I don't know why I still remember this, but even though they were playing so bad, they were still winning by two at the end. And Ohio State had the ball with like five seconds left. And they passed it to this guy named Matt Sylvester. And he hits this long three as time expires. Ohio State storms the court. Illinois loses. You know, they're 29-1 and going into the Big Ten tournament. And people actually at the time were like, you know, maybe it's a good thing. They got, they got their loss out of the way, right? So they go into the Big Ten tournament. They win out there. They, they beat Wisconsin in the championship game. And uh, they get the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament. They're, I think, 32-1 and one at this point. And uh, they are the team to beat. They get a, a nice path. They, uh, they're, they're starting in Indianapolis. And then... If they make it to the Sweet 16, the games are in Rosemont at the All-State Arena. So they're going to have a 
big crowd for those, you know. And, you know, they beat the 16 seed. They beat the 9 seed. They end up playing uh, UW-Milwaukee in the Sweet 16 as a 12 seed. And they, they, they move on there. And that fast-forwards us to what I was telling you about, which was the Elite Eight game that uh, took place in late March uh, back in 2005. And they were playing a nine seed, or no, I'm sorry, three seed Arizona. No, you're right. It was nine seed. I have the thing up here. So, and um, this Arizona team was special because they had, I believe, four starters that went on to play in the NBA. They had uh, Salim Stoudemire, uh, Mustafa Shakur, Shanning Fry, and one other that I can't remember. And um, the part of the story that gets interesting from from my personal storytelling perspective is that uh, my uncle and my father, they took me to a Bulls game that night at the United Center, you know, our lovely United Center that we used to go to work at. And um, R.I.P. Right. And the Bulls are playing the Pacers. And, you know, it's this the whole time we're getting ready to go to the game i'm talking about u of i and how i want to watch that game and you know my dad and my uncle are like these are the pros just come on we'll they'll be updating the score don't worry about it so i we get to the bulls game and it's you know i think this was like ben gordon's one of his first couple of years when he's still coming off the bench and being awesome and it's old reggie miller on the pacers and it's just a boring game you know your typical early 2000s NBA where we're not scoring a ton of points and we're sitting in our seats and every three minutes or so it it rotates through all the college scores going on in all the different games and you know it shows the U of I game and it's you know the you get the score going and all of a sudden we get into the second half and U of I is losing and it's like okay this is weird they don't they don't do that why are they doing that and, you know, it gets a little bit closer and all of a sudden they're down seven and now they're down 10 and now they're down 15 and there's like three and a half minutes left in the game. So finally, my uncle and me, my dad's like, I'm going to stay and watch this Bulls game. And my uncle and me are like, you know what? We can't take it anymore. We got to we got to see if they got the game on out at the concourse. So we walk out to the concourse and it's like immediately it's just standing room only. You couldn't even go anywhere. More people at the bars trying to find TVs than watching, you know, the bulls on the court back at our seats. So we, we get to we get to like a spot where we can kind of see my uncle like picks me up a little bit so that I can see. And this was right when uh, HD TVs were coming out. This is another thing that I remember so vividly. So you had the TVs that were super close to the bar that were not HD. And then you had the TVs a little bit further out that were. And this is when, because it had just come out, there was still a delay. So uh, we made sure we're watching the TVs that don't have the delay. And the people like behind us that came even after are watching the TVs, you know, with a slight delay. So sure enough, U of I is down 15. It's, you know, they take a timeout. We're like, oh, man, this this sucks. They're not even going to make it to the final four. You know, they're going to lose to this Arizona team that they're better than while they're in Rosemont, you know, at the all state arena. 
and they come out of the timeout and all of a sudden they hit a three and they hit another three and it's like a nine point game and you're kind of you know looking around like oh man they they could do this then all of a sudden d brown gets a steal luther head finishes the layup and one and all of a sudden the whole place is going nuts and you're like holy crap like if they could find a way to come back so they're down by three there's Arizona has the ball to inbound it where U of I would have to foul because we're less than, you know, 30 seconds on the shot clock. And sure enough, they throw it away. Illinois gets a steal. They get it to Darren Williams. He does a pump fake, dribbles to his right. He pulls up, he shoots the three, and everybody watching the non-HD TVs goes nuts. And then there's like a slight delay and everyone behind us starts going nuts. U of I ties the game. And at that point, you know, once they tied the game, you knew. You knew what was going to happen. It goes to overtime. Illinois takes a nice lead in OT. Uh, Arizona makes it close at the end. Actually has a chance to win it with a deep three and misses. And Illinois advances in, to this day, what I think is the greatest comeback in March Madness history. And it's like where I legitimately, when I get ready for March Madness, I like pull up the final three minutes on YouTube and I just watch to remind myself of what happened. And it was just, that is a a very vivid sports memory for me. I was only 10 at the time and I remember all of this going on and uh, that, that solidified that U of I team like in my heart as my favorite team I've ever watched, U of I basketball, all of the above. Uh, my, my former babysitter was a, at the time, a fighting net on the dance team. And she got me a D Brown signed Jersey. It was just like, it all came together where it was just, you know, you're so young and impressionable. There's nothing that anyone could do that could make me not be a U of I fan anymore. So that was, that was my favorite, uh, U of I memory from, from that season. Oh, man, I just got chills hearing that story because it made me like we didn't have March Madness this year. And March Madness is probably the greatest sporting event in the world. I just think that tournament and just like the excitement from it, it's so much fun. And I just got so much like goosebumps going up my arm from hearing that because I haven't heard it from a fan's perspective. I've the only time I've heard like someone talk about this this game specifically was I was actually at a church service and the pastor was talking about you know as Christians you know we believe what ha- like we know what happens at the end and sorry for anyone who's not religious but this is a little bit of religion here for you but um, and so he was talking about how big of an Illini fan was he was and like he had this game recorded and then. He was out to dinner and someone accidentally spoiled it for him. And so he was just watching this game, like not getting as into it as he would because he knew what happened at the end. So it was like a very uh, poignant analogy for me because I was like, oh, sports, I get it. But yeah, that was the only time I've ever heard someone talk about this uh, game. And it's just March Madness. So cool. So good. I love hearing about this stuff. Yeah, I, uh, I couldn't agree with you more. March Madness is one of my... I mean, it probably is my favorite sporting event. I love college basketball, and I love the the end of the year tournament. I was I was very devastated this year when uh, news came out that it wasn't going to happen. It's like one of those things where Selection Sunday happens, and then the the first games don't start till Thursday, and I'll get maybe 
four hours of sleep a night because I'm just reading up on all these teams and filling out brackets and figuring out where I'm going to watch the games and how I'm going to watch the games. And uh, to not get that this year, as you mentioned, was very tough. And it's something I definitely, I hope to not take for granted in the future. If uh, hopefully this March and every March until I'm not around anymore from here on out, I'll have uh, some March madness in my life. That would be lovely. Um, So speaking of this tournament, I know that Arizona game is obviously legendary. Do you have any memories from the next game? I know they played Louisville, and I mean, looking at the score, it looks like they just pretty much spanked Louisville. Yes, I do remember. This was a this is a Louisville team. Uh, they had he's not as well known anymore because he didn't pan out in the NBA. But they had a guy named uh, Francisco Garcia on their team, and he was this. He was like a guard, but he was like 6'9". He was very tall and just awesome. And U of I just shut him down. They did whatever they wanted. It was, I think it might have been close in the first half. And then just domination. And U of I ended up winning by double digits. And uh, it moved, and it was, you know, it set the stage for the number one seed in the tournament, Illinois versus the number two seed in the tournament, North Carolina. And it was the two best teams. And I remember, you know, watching, listening to different people talking about it. And I felt like a lot of people were picking North Carolina and it was making me really mad. I'm like, these people, you know, I'm 10 years old. They don't, they didn't watch U of I all year. They don't know nothing. <laughs> Come on. Like, and it was, it was a North Carolina team that had even more pros than U of I. It was Raymond Felton and Rashad McCants and, I believe Marcus Williams was on this team and, or I'm sorry, Mo Williams and Sean May, just a very, very well-rounded North Carolina team. And then of course you had, you know, coach Roy Williams and Bruce Weber was the coach of Illinois and people were talking about how there was going to be a coaching mismatch. And I just wasn't hearing it. If I was a gambler at the time, I would have put my piggy bank on U of I because I was so sure that, they were going to win and it was a very very close game it was back and forth down the stretch I remember Illinois just could not hit a three to save their life that game and that really was the difference Sean May played great which was expected because you know the two bigs for Illinois Roger Powell Jr. and uh, James Augustine they were they were very very solid players but they weren't NBA level players and Sean May went on to get drafted very high and you know, he was somebody that was going to play in the professional in the NBA and he had a great game and Raymond Felton played very well. And U of I just couldn't hit the clutch three when they needed it. And long story short, they lost by five. They lost 75 to 70. I remember the score. And this is, I remember watching on TV and they started playing the one shining moment, which, you know, some people get emotional every year. They play that song because it's a great song and they show all the stuff from the tournament and they played one shining moment and 10 year old me just lost it, started crying. I couldn't believe they love. Why'd they lose? I wanted them to win. <laughs> this was my dad's like first, you know, teaching moment of you're a Chicago sports fan. You better get used to this heartbreak, son. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I will say from then, I, I really haven't had a uh, 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 rip your heart out quite like that one yet but I mean you know I've had 
teams get eliminated from the playoffs. Bears lose the Super Bowl. You know, Blackhawks lost some really tough, lost game sevens. But nothing quite like that where I was so invested all year and they lose in the championship and I was so young. So I haven't really had a, a crying in sports moment since then. And I don't know if it's because my dad helped instill in me that, hey, this is what happens. Or I just haven't, you know, I'm waiting for the White Sox to lose on a walk off in the World Series or something to let 26 year old me let it all out. So we'll see. But yes, that was uh that was what happened to U of I that year. But the good thing that came out of it, they got a fan for life. And to this day, I still love everyone that had anything to do with that team. So it was, and I think it kind of helped turn me into the March Madness addict and college basketball addict that I am to this day as well. For sure. For sure. And for anyone who doesn't know you personally, you are constantly gambling on college basketball. Every time I see you in the office during college basketball season it's like researching picks and everything so this is definitely your wheelhouse now yes college basketball is it's the it's the most you could say fun sport to gamble on as long as you you know you handle yourself and you're you're budgeting because every night there's minimum 20 games you could pick whatever you want it's 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 the best and you know with stadium and you know espn plus and all these other streaming platforms you can really watch all these games you weren't able to before so it's college basketball is in a great spot right now and i hope we uh we get back to it pretty soon here i know november is they're hoping to get started per usual but we'll see I would love that. I would love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Rizzo. I don't want to keep you too long, but I appreciate you coming on and talking about this team because this was super fun to kind of go through. Um, let, if you have any plugs, feel free to plug away and let the people know where they can follow all your great sports insight. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Well, number one, thank you for having me. I appreciate you letting me uh, tell my story here. I know I kind of went off on some tangents, but that, you know, that's the only way I know how when I was talking about that uh, that U of I team. And then, uh, yeah, uh, just if anybody wants to follow me on Twitter, at mriz3, M-R-I-Z-3, for uh, some biased but fun sports takes. Uh, I'm your guy. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you so much to Michael Rizzo to come on and talk about the Fighting Illini. It was super fun to talk about that and relive some of those memories that maybe I don't remember because I wasn't a huge basketball fan back then. Anyway, so if you like what you're hearing, make sure you rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and share the show. Tell a friend. It helps me grow. It helps the podcast grow. Give me feedback. Tell me what you want to hear. Let's talk about something. If you have something you want to share, make sure you email me, storiesfromthestands at gmail.com, and make sure you follow me on Instagram and Twitter at standspod. S-T-A-N-D-S pod. And you can find all the updates on the show there. In the meantime, peace out.